What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back to Killer Fun, where we explore the intersection of crime and entertainment every other week. I'm Christy. And I'm Jackie. And today, today, Dead to Me is back. Oh, I needed that. Uh, Me too. I need somebody else's drama to worry about and not my own. Seriously. And this is so fun. Yes. This is so, this is the best kind of fun drama. Well, because it's like a, it's a, it's a tromedy. It's not not quite a dramedy, but it's a tromedy, and I really like that description, which I totally stole from ScreenRant.com, but (laughs) I love it. It's absolutely correct, and it's exactly right up my mood. Oh, yes. This was a delightful distraction. Anytime, because I don't think I really need to be distracted to be able to be distracted by this show, because these two gals together are so much fun to watch, even though even though it's absolutely heinous things that are going on. I am <laughs> in love with watching them. It's great. Yes. Well, they're able to be fun and relatable, even when they're doing horrible things or being awful or having horrible things happen. You can still just, they're winning. That's to use an old term. Yeah, exactly. They've, they're so winning. I just love it. They are. Well, and they're n- neither one of them look old. No, by no means. And ca- and can I also applaud the ability to have two female leads who are not, you know, in their 20s? Yes, exactly. It's awesome. Yeah. I feel like I have somebody else to look up to again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, it's I not like, well, let's be serious. It's not like, it's not like Christina Applegate or Linda Cardellini are that much older than us. I mean, uh, no, they're no. not that much older, but they're older enough that I'm like really excited because I have somebody to be like, oh, I want to be like them when I grow up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I felt about John Oliver. Who? Until I, oh. John Oliver, he's a comedian and he does, he has a really great show on HBO called Last Week Tonight. And he was on Community, he's been on a ton of stuff. He's really, really funny. And I was, I want to be like him when I grow up. And I found out he's like four months younger than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, these kids today, they're going to save us. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's that's really funny. But yeah. I, I have that experience with sports stars now because, mm. you know, they're all younger than us. Mm-hmm. But, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's well, all good. I mean, sports is typically a young person's game. That it is. That you it gotta is. You got to be able to bounce back from it. That's why I have to be a Tom Brady fan because he's the only one older than me now. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm a Tom Brady fan for for all the right reasons. <laughs> And that he's older than you just doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. It does hurt that he moved to Tampa. Okay, but I'm going to close that door right now before I get on a whole other bandwagon. Back to Dead to Me. <laughs> All right, so we've talked about Dead to Me before. We did an episode that released August 15th of 2019 called Let Me Give You a Hug that was all about the first episode of the first season of Dead to Me. So we've talked about most of these actors before. So I thought it would be fun to look up like what their first jobs were in entertainment. (laughs) 
So we have Christina Applegate as Jen. Her first job was on Days of Our Lives. She was three months old. Really? I had no idea. Mm-hmm. That's I didn't so either. adorable. <laughs> or creepy. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Stage moms. Stage I'm moms. Sure, but I'm know, sure it was fine. It worked out. But, yeah, it worked out. It worked out just fine. And then Linda Cardellini is Judy. And in 1996, she was on a short-lived Saturday morning live-action children's television show based on books called Bone Chillers. Really? It was like Goosebumps competitor. Oh, interesting. I've never seen that. No, it's like a kid's horror. You know, it's the very light, mild horror that... Oh, my kids loved Goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they mine were all don't about. like anything scary. Well, my well, I got one who probably doesn't so much, but mm. he definitely read the books. But the other mm. one is sort of obsessed, so, mm. you know. <laughs> I resemble that remark. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> then we have James Marsden, who plays Steve, and he was on The Nanny uh, in, I don't know when. Wait, he was the he was in the nanny. Yes, he was uh, like a bit part. He was a boyfriend named Eddie of the oldest daughter Maggie. Briefly. Oh, how about that? And that's kind of where he got his start. Then we have the neighbor, uh, Susie Naknamura, Karen, the neighbor, and she co-founded Second City in Detroit. So Second City, if anybody's not familiar, I mean, I'm familiar because I have actor friends who live in New York, but it's like a training, comedy training. And so she founded that in Detroit in 1993. She'd been a stand-up comedian, but that was like her first like big thing that she did was formed this comedic actor training program. That's so cool. I thought it was really neat. And then our one uh, newcomer whom we see just briefly is uh, Natalie Morales who plays Michelle and she got her start on an ABC family sci-fi dramedy called the middleman in 2008. Interesting. I, I don't remember that one. I remember very briefly, but nothing that I watched really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was about the time like pretty little liars would have been on. Maybe so. So I'm certain I. that's why she looks so familiar to me. She looks familiar to me because she's been in a zillion things. But I'm sure that's part of the reason why she looks familiar to me is because I'm sure I saw 800,000 advertisements for that show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to recap season one super, super quick. Okay. Super fast, just so that we're all on the same page before we recap season two. And of course, this has season one spoilers and spoilers just for the first episode of Dead to Me season two. We're not going to go beyond that. And there's so much that happens. You were right. You predicted that I would start watching (laughs) and not stop. And you made it to the end, didn't you? And that I this morning has <laughs> been one week as to the day that we are recording this since it was released on Netflix, and I watched the last one this morning. That's so, so funny. Well, it uh, is totally bingeable. It's so bingeable and so great. So our season one super brief recap: Jen and Judy meet at grief group. Jen's husband's dead. Judy says her fiance is dead, but we learn later he's not that Judy's grief is actually caused by a whole lot of things, a bunch of miscarriages, a breakup, and a whole lot of other things that we don't even learn about for a long time. And also the fact that Judy hit Jen's husband with her car, and that's why he's dead. So that's, you know, part of her grief right there as well. Jen ends up throughout that season learning some pretty hard truths about her husband, and a very upsetting reality of her new best friend's actions, which resulted in her husband's death. The season ends with Steve asking Jen for Judy's whereabouts. And 
Jen's asking him to leave while pointing a gun at him. And the next thing we see, Steve is floating in the pool. It was a heck of an ending. Oh my gosh. What a cliffhanger. Yeah, it really was. Holy moly. You Know What You Did is the title of this episode. And it starts right where the first season left off and begins. I thought this was a great choice by the filmmakers to start in just blackness, complete darkness, black with just Jen cursing in into the void. This is all you hear. And I'm like, I really think that sets up the entire first season or the entire second season. It sums up the sums up the first season and sets the pace for season two is this black void of cursing. Yep. It was on point. It was great. (laughs) Jen's younger son, his name is Henry walks into the kitchen and he's so excited to see Judy and her older son, Charlie, who's 15 is a little more wary of this situation. Jen's making the kids lunch Judy's making breakfast for Jen. Jen says that Judy is here to pick up the rest of her stuff, uh, but (laughs) Jen burned it. (laughs) Yeah, like all of it. Well, except what she ran out of lighter fluid to burn. (laughs) (laughs) She would have burned it all. She would have. Yeah. (laughs) So Charlie is a little wary, but really he's just more interested in getting some driving practice time in. Uh, he He's had his permit a whole week and Henry wants to know why the pool is covered. Unusual. Yeah. It's a hot time of year. Why would the pool be covered? And Jen just straight up says that something died in the pool. Which was a smart choice, actually. I mean, if you're going to go for the lie and such a big thing, you might as well start with truth. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they they say it's some kind of animal. Yeah, they go back and forth. You know, they settle on a dog. Uh, Which might be an apt description of Steve. Might be. I think still go with the truth. Yeah. Right. It's still, you know, not that far from the truth. Uh, (laughs) Then the kids go to school and the women are in the car together. Jen's taking... Judy to work. Jen's saying how nobody can know about Steve's death. And Judy says, I know. And Jen, in her caustic manner, I hear you say I know, but I also know you tend to get a little confessy. <laughs> it was such a legitimate statement. It was legitimate and so funny. And I just lost it that was the first point where i just like really lost it laughing at this dark comedy of this show yes it's so good they decide that going to the police is a bad idea even though jen has said that steve was trying to strangle her because steve's godfather is the chief of police and we can already kind of see that jen's hiding something she's not telling judy everything that happened And Judy's a little naive, a little blind, uh, grief-stricken, probably. I was about to say, she's very distracted by her grief. And so Mm -hmm. she doesn't see the struggle that Jen is having with all of this and why it's weird. Yeah. But see, we as the audience members, we already hated Steve. We did. We already knew he was kind of a huge jerk. And so we can see that Jen's not being quite as forthright. So Jen drops Trudy off at work where she's a arts and crafts teacher at an assisted living facility. And Jen makes it very clear she's not interested in being friends. That whatever happened the night before was a thing that had to happen. And whatever they did together, because Jen had called Judy for help, this does not mean that they're friends. And this is also another reason why Judy is beside herself because yeah. she knows that she's been called in to do this horrible thing after, you know, Steve's death. But right. also she knows that she's really not getting Jen back. Exactly. So Jen heads home, Judy heads into work, both women end up cleaning up blood. Jen finds blood next to her pool and is cleaning it with bleach. 
which I was like, hey, somebody's finally smart enough to clean stuff with bleach. <laughs> <laughs> In all the shows we watch, they send, they tend to think soap and water is going to do the trick. And I'm yeah, like, when it comes to forensics and blood, not so much. Not so much. And uh, also, Judy is cleaning off the blood off of herself, and she's just throwing it in the garbage can. I'm like, that should be going in the toilet and flushed, honey. It yeah. really, really should. But She's not as uh, smart as Jen in this way. And we see right. this throughout the episode, you know, that she's, mm-hmm. she doesn't have that natural uh, killer instinct. Right. Well, <laughs> true. <laughs> Both of these women, they're trying to wash away not only the blood and the evidence, but the memories of whatever awful things happen. Uh, Judy asks her boss if she can stay at the assisted living facility, which she had done before she lived with in Jen's guest house. Mm-hmm. But they're full. Despite her assurances to her boss, to the contrary, Judy doesn't have anywhere to stay. Yeah, and she's freaking out. Yeah. Back at Jen's house, she's removing security cameras from her backyard when her neighbor, Karen, comes over and says, my husband's out of town again. Why don't you come over and drink some orange wine with me? It's supposed to be good for menopause. She is the most Karen Karen ever. She she is, but she <laughs> she fits with the the clueless Karen stereotype. Yes, she I really would does. Say. Yeah, she sees uh, Jen's really not interested until. Karen starts talking about how, well, I'm not surprised. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're not happy with those cameras. Basically telling you, telling her, your cameras are terrible. You should see mine. They're amazing. They can see the whole street. And suddenly Jen's super into that orange wine. Let's have some orange wine. Which, by the way, ew. Uh, we'll get there. I'll t- <laughs> I have some information about orange wine. I would not, I would not doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> While they're drinking the orange wine... We see that indeed Karen's cameras are stellar and she never deletes anything because it all goes up into the cloud storage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Judy's at work and the room she was hoping to stay in was her friend Abe's, which is a whole layer and level of confusing and heartbreaking and problematic that I'm not even going to touch on that okay. she wanted to stay in Abe's room. I'm just, I'm not even going to go there. I'm not mentally prepared to talk about that bit, <laughs> <laughs> but she's looking for something in that room. There's something there that she wants and she's looking for it. When Michelle and her mother Flo arrive, this is Flo's new room and they argue a little bit and uh, Judy excuses herself. She ends up calling TKG Arts, which was a gallery that Steve had set up for her to showcase her rather impressive art. Yeah. Um, It was really a front for money laundering. And we're assuming that she's calling to listen to the answering machine message to hear Steve's voice. Yeah. It's a very sad sad thing it is sad michelle then brings her the box that she was looking for yes the box between the mattress (laughs) Uh uh-huh yes it's a cigar box and it contained some marijuana some car keys a drawn picture of 
Abe that Judy drew for him. Then we see Jen letting Charlie practice driving. And when he gets cut off at this really dangerous intersection, Jen becomes really angry. So she's going to start a petition for a stop sign. And Charlie tells her she's overreacting. And then she gives him some excellent advice. Don't tell a woman that she's overreacting. Ever. Just don't do it. Like ever. Uh, Later, she's looking at how to actually make this petition happen. She's distracted by her security footage with Steve. And I'm like, oh, we get to see more. And what we see is her lower the gun. Yep. Which was like, what? uh, Exactly. So the car keys and the cigar box were to a car that used to be Abe's. Judy knows where it is, I guess. I mean, I don't, I don't quite remember. I think she might have taken him for a drive in that car, so she knew where it was. But anyway, she goes to find it, and she drives to TKG Arts, uh, which is all chained up, and her art is inside, unattainable. Jen calls Judy uh, under the guise of returning a bracelet that was left there that morning. And then the next thing you see is them sitting together watching The Facts of Life, which is kind of a nice callback to season one. Yeah, that's what they do. Jen learns that Judy was just going to stay in Abe's car for a while and that it wasn't that big of a deal because Judy had lived with her mom for a year or so in their car when Judy was a child. And then they have this kind of touching exchange, commiserating Jen says, I didn't realize I had it so good when I was just like regular, unhappy. <laughs> Judy says, I, I would kill for some down the middle depression right now. Just some real good, deep dissatisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> they are describing themselves so well. I totally felt them in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought it was so insightful. What a nice way to give them insight into themselves. Mm -hmm. So Judy really believes that Jen acted in self-defense, but we have a flashback. We see Jen's perspective that Steve was talking bad about Judy, making threats against Judy's safety. And Jen ended up beating Steve with a ceramic bird, one that Judy had given to Henry at, uh, his father's memorial that they did on his birthday a long time ago. And Jen invites Judy to go ahead and stay again at her house because she's guilty. Yeah, it's interesting so following, to see it, uh, switch roles. Mm-hmm, yes. Following morning, Charlie is getting a ride to school with Parker. And yes, she has a driver's license. And the doorbell rings. And who's standing there? Steve. Or so and we that's think. that's the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and I could not wait the five seconds for the next episode oh, to start. Oh no. I had to oh hit no. next episode. <laughs> so I'm like, how like, long into what? this episode what? do I have to wait to find this out? Yep. What is going on here? <laughs> not that long. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was Just great. Just let the next one start. Yeah. Do not stop there. We'll stop there today, but do not stop there. Yeah. You got to keep going. Just so like two, two, three minutes into the next episode and you'll be able to breathe again. (laughs) So CNN Entertainment had a really great review of this back uh, May 6th of 2020. They had, they got a preview of the show. Lucky Brian Lowry. A funny thing happened between Dead to Me's very good first season and its second. The dark Netflix comedy became even better. Absolutely fair. Yeah, I, right on. It's really amazing. I mean, this type of comedy is not uh, done well a lot, and it's not done at all often. And so to right. do this and nail it, and it's just great. It's just great. Yes. It really is. And as amazing as Christina Applegate is, he specifically calls out Linda Cardellini Mm -hmm. 
because she, he says she's doing some of her best work in making what could be an irritating character sympathetic and predictable. Yeah, that's so true. And you know, you don't you think you don't really like predictable characters, but we all like the people in our lives to be predictable. Well, yeah, we want people to be well, at least on a show. We want the characters, I should say, to be unpredictable enough to keep us interested, but predictable enough that we don't feel confused. And it's hard to nail that like essence one way Mm -hmm. or the other, but certain personalities are harder to pull off. And you're right. The personality that Judy has in this, in this show is like, it could be very frustrating. You know, she could just be the pig pen of the situation, but instead it's like (laughs) extremely interesting. Yes. Yes. I agree. All right. With that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with Is It True? Are you ever afraid to talk about something? Do you avoid certain topics maybe with certain people? Like your racist Uncle Frank. Sorry, Frank. It's true. Do you want to learn how to have better conversations, increase compassion, and build bridges, not walls? We Don't Talk About That with Lucas Land is the podcast where we do talk about that with me, Lucas Land. Get it wherever fine podcasts can be found. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us through that quick break. Now we have, is it true? Well, the women start the episode out by telling... Jen's son, Henry, that the pool is covered because something died in it. And I was like, how worried should we be about dead animals in pools? Oh, oh, unfortunately. Yes, yes, you should be worried about that. Well, you should be worried about finding them and having to dispose of them. But most dead animals in a pool do not pose a health risk to swimmers, according to the CDC. Well, you know, I can believe that because you know what? Chlorine, that stuff is strong. Right. <laughs> you know? But I mean, if you had a lot of blood in there and stuff, I don't know. Like Well, the uh, I mean, you would want to shock the pool for sure. For sure. Your filter your filter will clean all that stuff out. I thought about that too. I'm like, I bet they haven't changed those pool filters. Ugh. They really need to change those pool filters because they're full of Steve's DNA. Yeah, like nasty, gross. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think hot tubs are a bigger problem. Oh. So, oh, because the water's warm. The water is warm, but people tend to leave the top off sometimes, and then they then they throw it on, or like kind of we do sometimes. We got a new top for our hot tub, uh-huh. but the buckles don't match the where the old buckles are. But you oh, know, dear. did we ever fix that? No, because it's heavy enough. You know, we got a good heavy one. Right, and your kids aren't little. And my kids aren't little, but I, I do I do personally know someone who accidentally had a hot tub lid that was not just right and a and a puppy dog jumped in and oh, then no. couldn't really get out and then the dog was missing, like they put up flyers for a while. <gasps> like a while and it was like over the summer, so they didn't and then they uh first first uh oh. cold front that came through, they cracked that hot tub and there was the dog. Oh, that's so, horrifying. And I remember hearing about those stories, but like I know this person firsthand. Uh, horrible, uh-huh. horrible. So you do have to oh. be careful about the tops on hot tubs, but I don't think you have to worry so much about the pool. <laughs> yeah, not not so much. Not so um, much. And chlorine will kill most anything, any germs carried by an animal within minutes. Yeah. It's pretty quick. In a pool. The only problem is if you're like us and you have an above ground pool because we live basically in an Uh area that would just sink in if we started digging into it. Um, But like Uh the pool is above ground so you don't have that natural steps like you do in a regular pool. Uh, We have steps and stuff but they're not as visible or easy. So small animals can jump in and they can't swim out like a squirrel or like say a frog jumps in there Mm -hmm. and they can't hop out. So they make little attachments, and it's a little escape ramp. Yeah, it's like a little inflatable thing Mm -hmm. that, yeah, holds on to the side of the pool so they can swim to it and climb out. If you have a little froggy, and they can Mm -hmm. jump out. (laughs) Yeah, 
The only exception to that, to the you shouldn't worry too much if you find a dead animal in the pool, is raccoons. Oh, really? Yes, because they carry a parasite frequently called Belisosaurus, and it's a roundworm parasite that is common in raccoons, not particularly dangerous to them, but when people are exposed to the eggs, which end up in the uh, excrement of the raccoons, that it can be very dangerous. So if you have just, if you were to swallow a few of these eggs and it went through your GI tract, it probably, it would be a mild illness or not a thing at all. But if there's a lot of them, it can cause a severe disease that affects the nervous system or eyes. Oh, gross. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's really not good. So if you find, if you have a pool or you have a pool in your neighborhood or something like that, that you are concerned about um, and there's a raccoon in the pool, there's some guidelines on the CDC website that you should follow about replacing the filters and running the pump for a certain amount of time. And you may want to have the animal tested by animal control Oh, gross! to make sure. Yeah. So if you ever find a raccoon, let's hope you don't find a raccoon. In yeah. Let's pool. just hope not. No, no, no raccoons. They're so cute. They little trash are pandas. so adorable. I just don't understand. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like we just need to domesticate them. And uh, you know what? Animal rights activists, you can just come at me because I <laughs> want a raccoon as a pet. They are sweet and adorable. But if you're concerned, if you're, you know, go to a neighborhood pool and you see a dead raccoon in it and you want to make sure that people are cleaning the pool appropriately, I will post a link to the CDC recommendations for you on our social media. You can find that on Twitter at Killer Fun Pod. You can find us on Facebook, Killer Fun Podcast, exploring the intersection of crime and entertainment. Or you can send me an email, killerfunpodcast at gmail.com, and I'll shoot that link right back to you so you can make sure that people clean that pool appropriately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, we don't need any injuries caused by raccoons yeah no that's nasty orange wine orange wine i would say health benefits are about the same as red wine okay so not more but without as much yeah no not definitely not more so more so because it's not really made from oranges it's white wine made the way they make most red wines with the skin and seeds on. So normally for white wines, they remove the skins of the grapes before they make the wine. Uh And this is they leave the skins and seeds and everything in it and make a white wine that is made in the same style as a red wine. And it turns out orange? Yes, because of the that there's more tannins and stuff in it. Interesting. Yeah, because of the skins are still there. So, it, you know, antioxidants. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Accidents and all that kind of stuff. Uh, fighting free radicals and whatever. <laughs> but not that much more than red wine, then. Oh, no. Not, not really. I mean, it might be less likely. It's different than red wine. Oh, okay. Because... because 
there's substances in red wine that can cause people to have migraines yes. and severe effects from it. And those would be less or negated by the process that makes orange wine because they're using a different type of grape. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Yeah. So it's a it's what you'd expect pretty much. But Karen says she heard it was good for menopause. <laughs> and I would say probably not. Because one of the top six foods that you should avoid during menopause, according to Everyday Health, is alcohol. Oh, makes it worse, huh? It makes it typically much worse. So really moderate to light alcohol consumption. You can still have a glass of wine or cocktail here and there. And of course, it's different with everybody. If it makes it worse for a person who's going through menopause, they should avoid alcohol. Right. But just know that it can make it worse. Some other things that are bad for people going through menopause are processed foods, spicy foods, fast food, fatty meats. Makes sense. Oh, and this one's going to hurt you a little bit. Caffeine. Oh. Oh. Yeah, that would be a problem. Yeah. Because... <laughs> uh, you know how most people are made up of 80% water. Jackie's made up of like 60% caffeine and then 20% water. Yes, yes. And, yeah. and, and that's mediated you know, fully by my coffee yeah. drinking. <laughs> Karen talks about the resolution on her cameras. Really, resolution just makes a big difference. I mean, I could go into all of it, but I really can't because the technology changes you're getting better cameras for less all the time, but Mm -hmm. at least at this point in time, May of 2020, the system that Karen has at her home is indeed an expensive one. Do we know which one it is? No, Uh but it was a 4k camera. Right. Like that's a little excessive. I don't know, but yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. And not all 4k cameras are made equally no like if you have like 180 degree vision instead of a single one forward facing you can have a 4k camera that's resolution still not good enough to get like license plates and stuff like that so right right the key really is more cameras are better than one camera trying to reach a wide area right always always yes but the night vision thing is very important that's yes. super important. And most of your basic cameras will just do that now. They just have yes. that. And so yeah. makes it, oh, makes yeah, it easier. Yeah, your video doorbells, for the most part, you're not going to get great footage from them. Mm-hmm. But they're going to have some sort of night vision. So you can at least get a face of somebody who's close by. Right. It Still Runs is a website that had information about how to petition for a stop sign. So if you're curious about that process, the, I mean, basically what you do is you end up at a city council meeting with a bunch of signatures and say, here are the reasons why we need this. But their first step really made me laugh. Begin your petition by writing a statement. This is a summary of your grievances. <laughs> it just made me laugh so hard to think about. I have grievances with this particular corner. Yeah. Well, and it needs a stop sign as punishment. I have grievances. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, you know, actually in San Antonio, uh, you can download the app. It's 311, like SA311. Mm-hmm. And you can actually go in there and sort of request certain things like stop signs or whatever and um, kind of start that process. They've made it pretty quick mm-hmm. yeah but there's no guarantee that no. it'll uh get done none i know that actually for a fact oh have my, you tried it there's no uh my husband's office has because oh. there is a corner near their office that there's been probably four times a year there's a fairly severe accident because they need another stop sign there and they've been asking for years for a stop sign there and I don't know what kind of politics are making that impossible but I think there must be some kind that is so interesting I wonder what Uh would prevent a stop sign I don't know anything about 
that civil engineering. Mm. I only know when it doesn't work well because then my road rage is through the roof. But I really no. have no idea what it takes and why one intersection does not have a stop sign in one place and why this one does. It makes no sense mm-hmm. to me. I don't know either. Anyway. Psychology break. All right. So (laughs) you get the kind of the feeling that Jen is confessing, but she's not confessing everything. Yeah. She, you get that, uh, that, well, you know, it started off with the whole tell a lie by telling the truth. And this is exactly what Jen is doing. Yes, that's exactly it. And you can tell she's really struggling with something. And that's because... According to Art Markham on Psychology Today, that partial confessions may actually be worse than a full confession or not confessing at all. Uh, like, you mean like it's uh, more distressing on the individual? Yes. Wow. That either a full confession can give you relief or no confession can give you less accountability. Yeah, more resolve. But a partial confession where you didn't confess the whole thing is actually really more damaging than not confessing at all. That makes sense. I mean, it creates that web of lies that you have to kind of Mm. hang out in. It takes a lot of mental energy to lie, actually. It takes Mm -hmm. a lot of mental energy and and it's very, it's wearing, you know? And so eventually... You burn up all your psychic energy trying to think about the lie, and then other parts of your life just fall apart, and, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, these, they create negative feelings, mm-hmm. and it's uncomfortable. Jen seemed kind of unreasonably angry about all of the poor drivers. Leon Setzler on Psychology Today says that anger always makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I have to tell you, I was right up with her because I'm telling you, when I when I hit that place where I'm angry at drivers or like things like that, it is like zero to 60, (laughs) pun intended. You Uh know, I mean, it's just crazy. Well, and it may seem like it's not logical, but it is because the angry person is already frustrated, disappointed, irritated by something. Mm hmm. Now, it may be a person, it may be a situation, it may be something that they experienced earlier, has nothing to do with you, but those people, that you know, when you, people fly off the handle, it's because they're upset with you because of something you've done in their past and they didn't feel like they could express it to you, or they're frustrated with a situation that has nothing to do with you and you just happen to be the one catching it, or the person that you're expelling your anger onto may have done something to remind you of something that either in your past history with them or within another situation enraged them. And that's really upsetting. Dr. Seltzer has uh, some interesting uh, thoughts about that. If you find yourself the target of what you feel might be inappropriate anger or anger that's not doesn't seem warranted with the situation rather than hitting back, which is probably our natural reaction. Well, you're not so perfect yourself, whatever, or defend yourself or just leave the situation. You can ask the angry person and say, I'm so sorry that I made you upset. I, I really don't understand why. Can can you tell me why that made you so upset? And it can really catch the person off guard, give you some insight into them, give them a chance to diffuse their anger and really recognize why they're, they're so angry at a situation that where it seems unwarranted, but their anger is really justified always. Well, it always makes sense. You just may not know all the reasons. Right, right, exactly. And, you know, and yeah, it happens a lot. People do, they go off the handle on something and it's really because of all these outside influences. Or it might, like you said, be a buildup of situations to an event. Sometimes a person doesn't realize how what they've done is hurtful at a high level. Yes. And so, you know, right. you can't, 
you have to know how to handle it when it feels like it's out of control because even though it might be more likely that they're angry at a different situation or a buildup of situations or whatever, there's still a chance that maybe you don't realize what you've done is as mm -hmm. uh, hurtful as it as it was. And so right. asking the question is, is de-escalating because it is also a, a show of humility. Yeah, I'm willing to change. Yeah, and nothing yeah. is going to hurt somebody more than an assumption that their anger doesn't have anything to do with you. Right. That's, that's hard because you might be right, but nothing hurts more than that assumption um, yeah. because it's absolutely pompous, you know? And so right. you have to come into the situation willing to listen to it, knowing that maybe likely it's not really you, but maybe it was you. <laughs> or or maybe it was you and it has something to do with something that, that it, they've been particularly sensitive about, but maybe you should have known that. You know, there's a lot of different ingredients to the situation. And so asking the question right. is de-escalating because it allows you to investigate what those were. Yes. Mm -hmm. Asking the question is opening the lines of communication. And that is really the best thing you can do in any relationship, romantic, friendship, even business work. relationships. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Super, all of it. Super helpful. So what was amazing to me about Jen's like partial confession thing going on that we only really understood towards the end of the episode, we got all these clues, right? Like she's dropping these clues that she's not really telling us the whole story. And it really made me think of Paul Ekman because he is this researcher who did his life's work on micro expressions. And mm -hmm. if you've ever seen it, there's a show called Lie to Me that was on a long time ago. And it's his book that this show was based on. And if you can learn to spot micro expressions, you can kind of be a human lie detector, right? It's really kind of interesting. That's fun. And his life's work kind of shows how these basic emotions are actually universal. They're, they're beyond cultural differences. And the expressions they make are an evolutionary link, not just cultural. There are some cultural things that might change it a little bit, but at its base, there are some things that people do that you can learn to control, but in general, we just make these little micro expressions. They're so fast. Wow. They're hard to, to detect. And then when people are lying and talking about things, they might act out an emotion, but there may be something they're not doing fully correctly. So for instance, when people are happy and smiling, when they're legitimately happy and smiling, there's a certain type of smile that is legitimate. Okay. And if you're faking it, you it's hard to fake it. It's hard to fake that particular thing, but it's a it's a micro thing. Like it's hard to detect, but once you get used to it, you can kind of start to see like, oh, that person is huh. not legitimately happy right now. And so it's a very interesting thing. Well, these actors and actresses like Christina Applegate have to learn these things. And I think when we are watching a show like this and we feel it, we get it so quickly and it's so subtle. I'm like, you know what? Hats off to her because I think she pulled off just a thousand different micro expressions throughout the whole thing, but in such a way that we got it, even if you aren't like trained in it. So I was absolutely in love with it. And you know what? Yeah. You can go to paulekman.com and we have to post this and you can, yeah. uh, you can try. You can train to spot micro expressions. Like you, what? it'll take you through different expressions and see if you pop <sighs> different things and whatnot. It's really super fun. All right. I would suggest that instead of going bowling or going to the movies or any of those things that, you know, you could maybe potentially do some places now that some quarantine is being lifted, maybe stay home and okay. learn how to become a human lie detector Seriously? because it'll serve you well your whole life long after you've forgotten that movie or what your bowling score was. Right. And, you know, you're not exposed to any potential pathogens. Exactly. So, Help out the yeah. community. You yeah. Know? Oh man, I, I, it's just super fun. And if you haven't watched Lie to Me, unfortunately it was kind of a, I don't feel like it was a short run series, but it's super interesting. And the fact that it's really rooted in legitimate research and, so um, cool. and Paul Ekman helps, you know, with it. It's a really cool show to watch. So, um, Neat. yeah, so you have to take a look at that. He does have a book. It's written for the public, so it's easy to digest. Um, but oh, it's called Emotions Revealed. And that is oh. the, that is the synthesis of all his 
efforts throughout the years. And um, it's way cool. Super cool. All right. Now, real life. Real life. Charlie, at the very beginning, Jen's oldest son, Charlie, talks about their relationship between the two women, kind of in romantic terms. (laughs) That's true. Right? Like he talks about a breakup. They broke up. Oh, they got back together. I thought I wanted to talk about like friendship breakups because they're a real thing that totally happens. But it's not really something that we talk about very much. No, we kind of dismiss it. Yeah, well, it's it, it's difficult to navigate because you feel like you should be good at this and that friendship should be easy for adults. And it's just not. So Time has a really great article about why ending a friendship can be worse than a breakup. And they have some interesting insight that like a romantic relationship when you have a breakup which is normal and expected for a lot of relationships you're expected to go through breakups that it gives you a real sense of closure and we just don't have that when we have a friendship breakup because we don't typically call it a breakup and it's kind of difficult to navigate um it's okay if a friendship isn't working anymore to go ahead and end it. We tend not to communicate our expectations in a friendship because you might have a level of expectation and they have a different level of what they think that they should be bringing to the relationship or what you should be bringing to the relationship. And it's not something you typically have a conversation about. No, we don't. You know, and If you do, and you guys aren't on the same page, it can be really uncomfortable. And in romantic relationships, we tend to have a uh, a parameters that we set up. You might agree that friends that you had before the relationship will be your friends and not their friends anymore. Or you might split restaurants so you don't run into one another or whatever. That's not the kind of thing that happens when you have a friendship breakup you have a grief over it. We expect you to grieve over a romantic relationship ending. It can be difficult to um, allow yourself to grieve the end of a friendship. But, you know, I mean, I would just say if a relationship's not working for you, it might be worth having a conversation Yeah, with that person, either to change it so that it works better for both of you, so it's healthy for both of you, Or because it's not working and you need to no longer be there. And then at least you both have this sense of closure. Right, exactly. Yeah. Just don't ghost, man. Don't ghost. No, no, (laughs) because that's that's damaging. Teresa DiDonato talked about in Psychology Today, she was specifically talking about romantic relationships. But I think her information that she has about on and off again relationships would apply to friendship as well, particularly how we see it with Jen and Judy and Dead to Me is they're kind of on again, off again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's really, it's, a, it's bad for you. On again, off again relationships, they're toxic to your personal well-being. They're, if, if it's not working, there's a reason why. And you might be able to break up, especially if one of you is moving or something like that. Uh, you kind of break up and allow that to give you the space to examine your relationship from afar to see what was working, what wasn't, and then deciding whether you're going to get back together again. But the whole on again, off again tends to be this gradual separation and, you know, you have this roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. And it's the same with friendships. You, you know, you feel great. You're so happy. And then they make you angry. And then you're sad. And then you're not seeing each other. And, you know, this kind of sep- gradual separation that when it happens. Now, that's not like friends who go for a long time without talking. And then they just they pick up where they left off. And that's a fine. That's just a different type of relationship. Right. But, but we're talking about drama. <laughs> right. When you're break yes, when you're breaking off a relationship with a person because 
it's not meeting your needs. I mean, examine why you left that relationship. Right. It's important. Yeah. Especially if you're going to start talking again, you know, you need to kind of know where you're at with that so that you don't make a mistake in how you move forward, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. But then, like, I think about, like, Judy and... And, and Steve, honestly, right? Like that was on again, off again for all the wrong reasons. And, you know, it was toxic. And then there's, then there's Judy and Jen who it's drama, but that's some legit stuff going on. And so on some (laughs) level, I'm kind of like, I get that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But why Judy returns to Steve? I don't get. Uh, No, No. I don't get that either. No, no. uh, A little self-loathing, I think there. Mm-hmm. So the advice that Jen gives her son about not telling a woman that she's overreacting, <laughs> that's a really valuable, excellent advice. In fact, Bustle had an article, your partner may be toxic if they say these eight things. And number two is you're overreacting. <laughs> no, no, that's called gaslighting. Right? Is it is. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, telling you that your emotions are invalid because they don't see the situation the same way. It's like textbook gaslighting. No, don't do it. They're reacting how they react to a desperate, difficult situation or because of other things that have happened in the relationship previously. Yeah. They're not overreacting. Try and learn how to, how they are reacting appropriately within what's been happening. Well, and the thing is, the whole idea of somebody overreacting is, I mean, there is some valid truth to it, right? Because really in the in the moment, if you are screaming out at somebody who had a very minor offense to you, and it's really because you're angry at something else, you really are overreacting to that situation. It's just valid because of what you're bringing into it. It's, or I should say it's valid because you experience it, but it's also rational because of all of the other ingredients that went into it. It, The rational, really the description is that, well, you took it out on somebody else. Okay, right. we get that, right? So you have to be careful. I mean, it is true. We we can overreact to a situation by by bringing in things from our past, you know, or our lives that are in other areas and dumping them all on one person and we kind of overreact to a situation, you know. Problem is that, well, like with the mental disorders, that can be common. People are super sensitive or vigilant or the reason why that they respond to a a situation might really not be rational, you know? And then what happens is it gets conscripted by people who want to use that as an excuse to why they're never wrong. That's why it's gaslighting. Not because it never really happens, but because people use it as a scapegoat to be able to say, whatever, not my problem, man. That's not cool. All right. So like the rule of thumb is I can tell you that I'm overreacting. You can't tell me that I'm overreacting. (laughs) Well, and that's particularly good advice for Charlie, because if he's going to be a good partner, if his, if he feels like his partner is overreacting, he should want to know why. Right. Exactly. And want to help them mitigate whatever situation is causing them to overreact. Exactly. Now, he's 15. I don't expect him to do that for his mom. No, but that's where he's going to learn it. <laughs> right. That's but she's the one it. who's got to tell him, hey, don't be a gaslighting jerk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Last thing. Judy had lived in her car with her mom when she was a kid. And really, sadly, this is not at all uncommon. The Desert News had a article from October of 2019, fairly recent. Uh, People who can't afford rent are living in their cars and cities aren't sure what to do about them. Because it's just really a hard situation. Do you legislate them so that they're not welcome anywhere? Or do you give them a safe place to to land Mm -hmm. so that they can be protected and cared for when they're down on their luck? Because There is not one state in the United States that has an adequate supply of affordable rental housing. No, it's, it's out of this world imbalanced now. And it's just, it's horrible. 
And some cities are allowing organizations with parking lots to sign up as a safe park area. There's a lot of that comes with it. You know, unfortunately, it's just, you know, you'd like to think that you're just helping people like Judy, but it does bring in other things. And that's so hard because as a, as a campus that allows it, you need to be prepared for all of the things that it brings in as a protection for everyone there, right? Like, right. that's just normal. Um, you have to do that, but it does it. It makes it hard, but at least some studies are pr- allowing people to sign up as a safe park and then helping them procure the resources necessary to allow that to happen on their campus, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But it's uh, definitely a difficult thing to do. Yes, it really is. And there's, they have a whole uh, section about, in this article, about um, safe parking, where people can go and not be harassed and interrogated, told to move. But they're also sort of patrolled right to make sure there's not human trafficking selling drugs stealing you know all those things that can go along with being homeless without mm-hmm. having a safe place to say there's a safe place to stay there's a lot of victimization that can happen and so you know that like you mentioned there are a lot of parameters but they brought up this uh, Lake Washington United Methodist Church in Kirkland Washington has their parking lot open to be a safe space and they have volunteers who go early in the morning so that children can get ready for school. And then also they go in the evening to allow them to have access to Wi-Fi and refrigerators and kitchens and things like that. It's such a difficult situation. Yeah. Super tough. Mm-hmm. And they talked specifically in Pacific Northwest, Seattle, Washington area. They said that um, 15 to 20% of people living in their cars are aged 58 or older, and 20% of them are families with children. So Ugh. it's just, it's a really, it's, it really is affecting groups of people of all ages mm-hmm. and some of our most vulnerable. Yeah, it's so sad. It is sad and it's tough. And, you know, really an affordable housing situation is something that needs to be, particularly now, mm-hmm. when we have, you know, shelter in place orders. You can't really shelter in place in your car. Yeah, no, there's really nowhere to go. And that's very difficult. And it's a very multifaceted problem. So it's mm-hmm. a multifaceted solution that's going to have to be very comprehensive. But I am always you know, encouraged by the cities who are trying to do those things, you know, um, to open up those areas and and do those programs and and then also do the programs with the community, like supporting other groups and try to try to uh, just lend lend a legitimately helping hand. Yes. (laughs) You know, exactly. Exactly. Because there are some people who are happy enough living in their car. That that's a chosen situation, but that's really the minority Very much so. of people. I mean, there's people, you know, they lost their job. They couldn't find another one, which means they couldn't pay their rent. And, well, okay, well, at least I can pay my car note still. Right. And there are a lot of people who work and still can't afford a place to live. Right. I'll post an article about it, but um, Marco Rubio's cousin was a, a older lady and she had raised a bunch of kids and was, you know, now on her own and moved to a different area, I think in Utah and found that she couldn't find a job that paid enough for her to have even an apartment. And she didn't want to ask her kids for help because it's too much. She didn't want to be a burden too soon. Oh, isn't that sad? That is really sad. So, but that article will be on our, our social media. So next time. Next time. We like, the, we like the funny things. So the best based on a board game movie ever. Ever. Clue. 1985. Comedy murder mystery. Madeline Kahn, Tim Curry. So many great faces. So campy. So fun. Lighthearted. Murdery. 
Yes, and you know what? Just All everybody like. needs everybody needs a little Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. I need a lot of yes. Tim Curry in my life. Everybody <laughs> needs a little Tim Curry. At least in their a life. little. At least yeah. a little. Yes. <laughs> so if you can't handle Tim Curry at his full Tim Curryness, uh, this is a great movie for you. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is a great it's like Tim movie. Curry introduction. Yeah. Yeah. It's Tim Curry yeah. light. It's a little. Yeah, there it's we a go. Little, yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. We we know you make a choice when you listen to us that we don't just come on the radio. And we thank you so much. Tell a friend because it's way more fun when you can listen with a friend. You can send us an email. We can be your friends too. And send us an email if you want to talk about something. Uh, If you could rate and review, that really does help us get found. Give us five stars if you can. And if you can't, tell us why we want to make this an enjoyable experience for you. So join us next time. And until then, be safe. Wash your hands. All right. See you next time. Thanks for joining us.